And we are live. That's live for us anyways. And you're locked in to the Kansas City Social Hour. And I'm your humble host, Ruben Ortiz. Let's get it on. Social Hour. This is Ruben Ortiz, and of course, I'm burning the midnight oil. It's going to be a brief introduction because I need to get this posted. We've already posted the video to this. This is a live podcast on sexism and beer. Happened April 11th at Colony Casey's Rhino Room. Just a tremendous location, man. And we had a lot of fun doing that podcast with Annie Davis, Jennifer Helber, and Alana Broyles, shout out to them, I really appreciate it, great discussion, I hope you learned some cool shit from listening to this podcast, share it with your friends, kcsocial.net, the website, our social media stuff, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, I don't use Twitter that much, Uh, I've been digging Instagram a little bit more, very active on Facebook, follow the KC Social, and all our social media links are off of kcsocial.net go down to colony kc and try some of their tasty coffee their tasty brews and terrific menu items go down and visit grain to glass grain to glass is going to teach you how to brew or get your brewing supplies there or just go and partake in their terrific craft selection whether you're going to carry it out or have a brew right there on the premises they have all of your brewing needs taken care of grain to glass Go and check that out. Also, 113KC, I'm going to post her links underneath this podcast on the blog post. She has all of your information from what's going on with the beer festivals, what's on tap, what events are taking place in the craft beer world, and she just has a tremendous amount of information there, 113KC. Also, Look out in August for an August release of the calendar that she's working on. They're going and taking all kinds of fun pictures of different local brewers. And we're going to have our very own calendar. That's all I'm going to say for now. Enjoy the podcast. Live podcast from Colony Casey. Sexism in beer. Catch you on the flip side. Hey everyone, this is we, I always say this, we are live, this is the KC Social Hour. Um, This is our third live event and uh, they do keep getting bigger and better. The last, this one, I I had that on my notes because I was, the response online was tremendous for, and I think it was because of our panel and it's not reflected in our audience right now, although we have some hardcore pre-gamers over here, which is amazing, so I, I attribute the response online to our awesome, fantastic panel, and uh, I will give you guys business cards so that you will be able to find uh, the podcast online. It's on Google Play, iTunes, or you can ask, I'll just say Alex, because if you say the other word, then sometimes it prompts her to do things. you guys know Amazon? Uh, oh. Yes. Yeah, and if you be listening to a podcast, sometimes they'll say her name and then they'll stop the podcast. So I won't say her name. He who sh- she sh- who should not be spoken of. So I'm not going to say her name, but I'll just call her Alex. So you want to do that? Share this with your friends. Hashtag Listen Local. We appreciate the support. Uh, 
Is this a great venue or what? Colony KC is doing some awesome stuff. They're going to have an open mic night. I've been seeing online a lot of uh, a buzz around the, the comedy that's starting to sprout up over here and, and things going on. They have some terrific brews, beverages from coffee to brews and food menus. So thank you to Rodney Beagle and Colony KC for hosting us. I really appreciate that. And our theme tonight is sexism in beer, question mark. Now, obviously, there is no question that there is sexism in beer, and it definitely exists. Uh, From 1950s ads portraying women as domestic servants to modern Corona, Corona, ring card girls, and prize fighting, the obvious thing is the commercials and the branding, and we'll definitely discuss that as it is a hot topic. But women in the brewery, in the offices, in the tap room, and as customers warrant their own attention and perspective, particularly from a female point of view. Now, when I initially broached this subject, I was looking at it more from that branding perspective. And as I did research in uh, some folks on our panel and, and others online shared with me articles and in my research found out it's a much broader uh, subject than what I was thinking of initially when I proposed that we should do this. <laughs> so I, uh, I want to make explicit that this could be a panel about anything in beer, given the expertise of our panel. So it's not lost on me that, you know, I'm asking about a particular subject in sexism in beer when I could be talking about the brewing process. I could be talking about any number of things. But so I just want to make that clear that there's definitely enough uh, expertise on our panel to warrant a discussion in any number of things in beer. So in our short run of the podcast, we have had women discuss beer in general from the brewing process, the marketing perspective, but we could do better and we plan on doing two starting tonight. And so I would like to introduce our panel at this moment. Got through that first page, man. There you go. In this corner, standing at 5'7", this woman loves cats. She holds the title for the loudest person in the bar when drunk and really enjoys dad jokes. She is Alana Broyles. I mispronounced that, I think, initially. Uh, And so she corrected me on that. It's pronounced Alana. Alana is the owner and operator of 113KC LLC. It's a freelance marketing company. Find her online, Facebook, uh, Instagram, uh, any the website. So um, she's been working hard to put together an annual local beer calendar, um, and that's launching in August. So give it up for Alana Broyles. <laughs> From retail sales, festival, customer, one-on-one, brewing, she has seen it all. Currently, she works at Double Shift Brewing on the production side and sometimes helps in the tap room. She also manages the beer department of a local liquor store and is an active member of the Pink Boot Society. She started the first chapter in Missouri for the Casey area. Give it up for Annie Davis. And last but certainly not least, her career as a lab rat for 30-plus years has included work in wastewater, academic research, government, and Boulevard Brewing Company. She's a beer judge and believes life is short, so drink the best beers. She's a microbiologist, people. And you can find her at Grain to Glass, which is an awesome place to learn to brew and to get your all your brewing supplies and needs, and also just grab a beer, so... Uh, Please welcome Jennifer Helber. And so I wanted to make sure that everyone understands that Annie is a Pink Boot Society chapter leader, but this podcast is in no way involved with Pink Boot Society, and all these opinions are her own. And uh, so there you go. I have this little disclaimer right there that she wants nothing to do with us. Uh, Pink Boots Society wants nothing to do with us in this case. No, I'm just kidding. But no, uh, but seriously, yeah. So these are all her opinions. So, um, so my first question is, all right. Uh, the beer industry is a male-dominated industry. The statistics, when I looked them up, were so absurd that they're not even worth mentioning. Quite frankly, you know, if you could look at any of the taps that are online, and 
yeah, you'll find that the majority of them are male-owned or male-brewed, uh, on and on down the line, marketing, all of this, right? So what do you perceive to be the main problem areas in regards to sexism in beer, or is there even a problem from your point of view? And any one of you all can answer. Or not. <laughs> I think it's changing. I think it's improving. You can hold the mic a little closer. There you go. I think it's changing and improving, but, I mean, still, it's a boys' club, pretty much. Um, even homebrew clubs are boys' clubs, pretty much. Uh, but compared to the other industries I've worked in, wastewater was the extreme sexist kind of thing. Academia was extreme non-sexist and boulevard brewing industry kind of in between so, so you've had that ex- extreme perspective from academia being you know we're really well balanced to the extreme side to where uh, extremely unbalanced right yeah that's that's really interesting anybody else have any other perspectives on what they see as major problems within the industry or not um, I think uh, in social media, online, um, I know I've been, I've received backlash for posting a picture years ago. Um, I'm in the tub, but I, it's not like you can see my body. You see my feet, my ankles, and like the beer to the side, and like men start coming down on me about it, and they call me a slut, and I'm like, well, it's my feet and beer. So I think social media is a huge issue people think you know i'm behind a keyboard i can say whatever i want and they don't think of and and i mean that does go both ways men and women um but people don't think about that part of it annie do you have any perspective on that just a little Um, (laughs) i mean like i'm blessed and non-blessed with seeing it from like both sides like I work in a brewery or work retail. To hold I, the mic a little I, closer. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm I'm the mic Nazi in that regard. <laughs> it's just like one of those things, like, you know, like whether I'm talking about beer, whether I'm talking about scotch, especially like in the retail sense, like I may be the most knowledgeable person at the point and some man will come up and just be like, I, I want to talk to a man about this. And it's like somebody will come up and be like, well, I don't know as much as her, but you should listen awesome. to her. And it's like, like, you know. It's just one of those things, like, people perceive a certain image, and, like, when they don't get that image, I feel like, you know, it kind of throws them off sometimes. Yeah, There's always room for improvement. It, it was, You know, it's not lost on me, too, like, when I go uh, to a tap room and I see all the taps and I realize that, you know, what's behind it now, you know, doing some of the research and I was thinking about this, and then you look at the people that are actually there, and it's split pretty, pretty well down the middle, you know, but... The majority of the people brewing, marketing, and doing this thing aren't representative of the people that are actually buying the stuff. And I think I've done that as well as uh, um, it, it just happened recently. I was at a beer tasting, uh, a, a dinner, and somebody, uh, the guys were up there. There was the brewer and the owner, and they were speaking, and there was a woman there. And then when I went to go speak to them after to to talk to them about possibly doing a podcast with them. I addressed all my questions to them, to the guys. And then I look, I was like, Oh yeah, by the way, what do you do? <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I've done that as well. I, I, I don't know why it was just being honest that, you know, that that bias is out there. Um, any perspective on the physical demands of brewing? And this is something that, you know, it came up in my research is there's their biased perception of women holding their own you know, in the physical demands of the job. Is that something that you guys have encountered or could expound upon? Well, working at Boulevard, I was the lab chick, so I didn't actually get a chance to brew, and I don't know if that was part of the reason. Although, while I was working there, we did have one woman brewer uh, for a short while, a couple years, and I understand they now have a woman brewer. But from what I understand, there's, all sorts of ways to overcome lifting a 50-pound sack of grain up to the grain mill and such. I mean, I personally don't have any problems lifting my grain bags. Um, my brewers are really, 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 really amazing. Um, I was hired pretty much immediately when I went for my interview and everything, and we work together. Brewing is a team. It's not just you made this beer or I made this beer. It is 
this company made this beer. And when you work together, you it doesn't matter. Like, if somebody has a problem, like, double stocking a keg, you help them. If somebody has a problem unstocking it, if you have any time you have a problem, like, I'm never afraid to ask for help, but I normally, you know, I won't ask until I need it. And they know that. And they won't baby me because they respect my strength, they respect what I know, and they know that when I will have an issue, they'll be there. And that's, we're a team. We're a family. We work together. Awesome. And, and when I uh, came across that question, I was, you know, I've never worked in, so I don't have any perspective it's on the physical of demands of brewing and shit. I just saw it and I was like, yeah, this seems like something that guys could potentially use as like, well, you know, she's not pulling her own way. Like she can't lift this grain. She can't, I don't know. And I have no idea. Like, so I'm glad that you, and it was interesting that you said that you um, never, did you ever want the opportunity to brew? Yeah, I would have liked to. I mean, they had little, they had interns that got to do little um, shifts on the brew house, but uh, yeah, pretty much I was relegated to the lab. But and you, do you think that that was a perception at the time that maybe that was the easier route for a woman to take versus going into the brewing process? Well, or yeah, that's all speculation. Yeah, it's speculative. And like I said, they did have a woman brewer. She was a very good brewer, um, but. I was a lab chick. <laughs> okay. Um, is there a noticeable perception that women only drink wine, cocktails, certain types of beverages, or that they may not like certain beer styles? So, you know, there's is there that idea, you know, that in you know, I grew up uh, uh, single parent m- mother, uh, Hispanic. Uh, all the women in my family drank Budweiser, <laughs> so I never even knew that wine and women was a thing. I was like, everybody drinks Budweiser. The guys drink Budweiser. My mom drinks Budweiser. It's the, that that's. Uh, but you know, as I've gotten older, uh, the perception is out there that uh, women drink wine. They drink cocktails. They only like certain types of beverages and certain beer styles. Do you guys ever come across that? And you have any thoughts on that? I think, like in the movies. In TV shows, women are always drinking wine yeah, right. cocktails, and it's like, where where's the beer at? And I mean, like, I drink a lot of beer, and my daughter, who's seven, like, she sees that, and she's super interested in beer. Like, she's always like, let's take all the beer out of the cabinet, and let me, like, tell you what is what. And <laughs> I'm just like, not today, it's too much, you know, kind of thing. But, yeah, and, like, movies and TV shows... Yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah, but a lot of that is, like, media-driven, right? Like, movies, it's, like, always the martini, the, was that, Cosmo thing was a thing for, like, a while. Like, every woman had to have a Cosmo on TV there for, like, for like five years or something, yeah. you know? So, um, any other perspective on that? Like, beer styles, I always think that, like, oh, well, she won't like this barrel-aged style, you know? Here's a nice, sweet beer. Well, I, I think there's some generational thing, too, Um Women that grew, went to college like me in the late 70s and 80s, they, a lot of my friends say, I don't drink beer. And they've just not experienced enough beer styles to appreciate. But they also, I guess, were turned off by, you know, the fuzzy yellow beer from frat parties and such. So there's a lot of older women that say, they flat out say they won't drink beer. Because it's framed in their mind that beer equals uh, lo- uh, American style lagers, pilsners, yeah, right. those kinds of deals. So they're just like, I've had that. It's not very good. I feel like sometimes we put ourselves in these boxes and it doesn't help with the media and society. And it's like, I don't want to, you know, be seen as the tomboy or the manly girl or anything like that. But it, alcohol has no gender. If you like a beer, you like a beer. If you like wine, you like wine. If you like to just mainline, you know, cranberry and vodka, more power to you. I drink everything. It doesn't matter. Like, if you like something, you like it and feel no shame for anything that you drink. It does not matter at the end of the day. Yeah, for sure. Um, so have you guys ever encountered anyone telling you anything about any particular styles of beer? It's weird because, I mean, um... A real popular thing right now is like the hazy IPAs. They're very sweet, like, but guys, you know, all the beer nerds in general are just like wild over this like really sweet. I'm drinking one right now, by the way. 
So, I mean, is there any perception like that as far as like particular styles? Do you, um, do ever people push you towards a certain style, even though when you're not any interested in it at all, or is that not even a thing? Um, no one pushes me to any particular style, but <laughs> I can't. Imagine. I, I push people. <laughs> I'm just um, no, but I think it was a couple years ago. There was some like maybe festival in Kansas City. I can't quite remember that went on, um, and they had like a cider garden for the women. And it was just like, well, why are you assuming women like cider? Like, I don't at all. It wasn't it, just cider. It wasn't? Or it was small beverages. Oh, geez. <laughs> Alternatives. But still, like, why? Is that still a term? So that's, like, a silly thing. And I just spilled beer all over myself. Um, which is nice. Uh, I, I told myself not to drink any beer before this podcast, so I wouldn't say anything stupid. By the way, if you ever listen to the Casey social, this will be the exception, but most of our podcasts are stupid and, and we say stupid stuff. So this is like, a um, a little bit of a departure from our regular. It's usually we're just drinking beer and, and talking about all kinds of random stuff. We try to keep it on topic and, but yeah, this is about as, so I was telling myself, all right, I'm just going to drink coffee before this, but I've already drank two beers and I spilled some shit on myself. So, um, is there a noticeable perception that women don't know shit about beer and aren't taken seriously? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Being a beer manager, um, like my boss will come get me because I know more about beer than everyone else normally on staff. And so if somebody has a question and then he's like, Oh, let me grab my beer expert. And then I pop up, and they just kind of look at, give me this blank stare, like, oh, I'm waiting on somebody else. And I'm like, it's me. Hi. <laughs> I'm your friendly here, you know, expert here to guide you through the path of what you're looking for. And they just, it's one of those things, like, I think it might be shocking at first, but it's like what I said earlier, like, put ourselves in these boxes. We're used to a certain thing. We're not used to just being like, hey, you know, like, this is a universal thing. And, like, my knowledge comes through a lot, and, like, I get told almost on a daily or weekly basis, like, wow, you know a lot about beer for a woman. And I'm like, I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. It's kind of my job. But, you know, I feel like working towards that and just being so knowledgeable and helpful, you know, it breaks a lot down a lot of those boundaries, and it makes it a better environment for men and women because it's like, hey, you know, Maybe my wife would like this because I didn't even know that about beer or my girlfriend or I'm going to tell my sister. And it's like, yeah, you know, bring her to me. Like, you know, it's it's not all this same beer. There's so many different styles out there. And I literally believe that there is a style for everyone. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's such a dynamic, you know, uh, lots of variety. So, so much. I mean, it keeps growing. The varieties even, you know, especially in, in American craft brewing, the things that they're doing it. It surprises me, too, that, that uh, people wouldn't th- – and I don't know – I mean, I guess that's the history of beer. and the, I mean, I don't have that greater perspective on that. But Women started brewing. Yeah, the, there would be a surprise that women did – No, I, I, I saw – I mean, that's interesting. I saw – is that like um, – I mean, it was, was like uh, like the kettles and the cat and all that. I mean, is that a real thing? I, I, we talked about it on the podcast before. You know, where uh, they were talking about how you know um, they uh, the the misconception of like witches in general was there is there a tie to that in brewing or is that just bullshit? Is that true? Like with the cats, so. you know, around like, a brewery, the kettle pot, to, the hats to, to show to, yeah. that they had beer and alcohol, um, and they had you know the cats in their brew houses to keep the rats out. I full fledged when I totally believed all that when I read. I was like, "It makes sense, bro." And we talked about, listen, the kettle man—they're like brewing shit, bro. Then they have cats. Cats keep away mice from the grain, so they needed cats. Then they wore these big hats to like signal people. And then once people started drinking their stuff, they like demonized them because they were like become like you know they couldn't control their alcohol, so they thought they were being possessed by shit. Well, I was like, but I don't know if any of this is factual, so I'm just going to throw that out there. But, I mean, it's super fascinating if true, and it should be a movie or a book. So run with that. We're the 
listens to that. But man, it's so it sounds super interesting to me. I really totally bought into it, and I was trying to find more shit about it, but I couldn't. But it makes a lot of sense. I've I've done a few things on the history of brewing, but yeah, it began with women, but it was more a domestic chore. I mean, you brew beer, you make bread. It's just a domestic. Chore. In the in the and the farmhouse ale has a history in that as well, right? So uh, the, I, I believe that's a, was like uh, brew uh, people. Ah, I'm not gonna try to. I was gonna try to sound like I knew what the fuck I was talking about there for a second, but I'm not going there because somebody will. Uh, f- and and you could take well, me to I task on the witch shit as well. I just think it's fascinating. It makes some. It makes sense to me, like that. That could be a possibility. That you know that. That, that, that that's how it was portrayed or whatever. But anyways, I got a little bit off topic right there. Um, so, yes, definitely people think that women don't know uh, some some people, which is uh, my point was it, it's surprising to me because anybody who studies a subject long enough could get good at understanding it. And then there's a lot of uh, folks that just pretend to know a lot of shit. I talk to a lot of guys that pretend to know a lot about beer and, and they really don't know shit about beer. And, and it becomes pretty prevalent like me right now explaining the history of the farmhouse sale. Um, mansplaining is a condescending or patronizing form of speak. So let me mansplain this to you. Uh, no, do you all ever encounter this? You know, and I, I was curious about this cause I was thinking about this, you know, it's a, like a term that's, sprouted up recently and i was wondering do you guys ever get mansplained on brewing the brewing process beers in general or no every damn day <laughs> <laughs> do you, like and, and can you give an example um every once in a while either be at the liquor store or sometimes if i work in a tap room and <laughs> there's a very 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 enthusiastic man who just got into brewing he's usually about 22 got really upset that i deed him Sorry, you look like you're 12. I look like I'm 12. Get get used to it. <laughs> Which I would it's love, my by job the way. To ID I'm 41. You, so that shit's awesome. I would ID you. Like it's my well, job well, to ID you. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. But and then like they go on and on and they try to tell me how a one of our beers was made and like they start talking about ingredients and stuff and like <laughs> whether I was involved in the brewing process or anything and it's usually very rare that I was in that and it's just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I'm just listening and then. Usually whoever I'm working with, like, um, she's the brewer's assistant, <laughs> so, and then they just, they turn bright red, and they're oh, like, dude. oh my gosh, I was telling you how you make this beer, while I'm just, That's uh-huh, awesome, maybe yeah. he's, like, trying to impress you or something, like, well, you know, this beer, right, and you're like, that's total bullshit, there's, there's no correlation between that, and, um, do you have a point? Oh, I would say that when I'm out at a bar, where people don't know that I know about beer, I'll, you know, the bartender will try to explain a beer style to me. I kind of nod my head. But the other thing I think all women probably encounter is the over-talking. You know, you'll start saying something and some guy will... Who well, that's like, not true. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> not just mansplaining, but over-talking. You know, take over the conversation type Oh, that's Which isn't a bad thing. Like, I want you to be involved in the conversation. I want you to ask me questions. I want you to know how this beer was made. But you can't tell me how the beer was made because you weren't there. You don't have the recipe in your back pocket. No, and, and Jennifer brings up a good point, And that's just like a, a difference in approach of communication, right? So, like, where you're, you know, um, have a, a – specific style of speaking maybe and you're you're right about to make your point and then this uh you know someone like me probably just coming in like well actually which is no i'm just kidding but <laughs> but no i that's a great point i'm you know this is why i'm so uh glad to hear from your guys' perspective because i'm learning and i hope you know people that listen to this podcast too like they won't be that guy you know it's like they would see someone you know at and think oh i'm gonna you know impress her with my beer not not even Taking into consideration that she may know more than your knowledge. (laughs) Educate yourself, and I will educate you too. Or talking over, being that loud person at the bar that's just you know talking over someone as they're trying to make a point or over-explaining stuff. Um, and and along those lines, this is perfect uh, segue. Is are women often ignored or left out by customers? And you guys have touched upon that a little bit, but um, 
um, but also in, in industry opportunities, promotions, events, etc., where they think, and I was thinking like, gosh, they probably do do that. Like where they're like, oh, this is perfect for so-and-so to go and do this. And they, or this person should be promoted as our face of our brewery, so on and so forth, but actually ignored or left out by stuff. So I'm, and it's a question of inclusion. Um, so Good Beer Hunting had an article about Boys Club. And they talked specifically about Second Shift and Perennial and how they had kind of side Instagram uh, for their brewers, for their boys club. And um, in the article, they didn't note that Second Shift is also owned by a woman or Perennial, which is interesting. um, They didn't have a woman's perspective. They didn't even talk with Libby from Second Shift about it. Um, So then when she got word, she was very upset because she had already shut down the Instagram. They had like three pictures up. They came to her first and were like, hey, we have this idea. Let's do it. And she's like, yeah, it sounds great. Let's kind of have a silly thing of what you boys do, you know. Um, But then they made kind of some obscene posts. And she was like, nope, this is not the direction I thought you'd go. Let's shut it down. And it had been shut down for like six months or so. And then Good Beer Hunting puts out this article about it. And the women weren't happy. They were left out. Um, but then it also is kind of like, well, good beer hunting, you really don't have good face anyway because they would always have their boys club campouts that excluded women. So definitely women. Oh, I'm out. so glad that you mentioned that. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I didn't even know that that because th- uh, this whole podcast was kind of generated off of good beer hunting is probably the most popular beer podcast there is. And it's super fascinating that they went after two women-owned breweries without maybe inadvertently. Like, did they even know? I mean, maybe they did. Super I mean, they were trying to go on about how sexist these these boys club Instagram pages were. Uh, Yeah, that's a whole interesting dynamic. My problem with... uh, so I didn't want to go off on that, but the whole thing was the reason why I did this podcast was I was arguing with the good beer hunting guy because he tends to like snipe, like it takes this high road, you know, almost like the savior of women in beer, you know, and just like, all right, I get it. There's an issue, right? And I mean, is this the best way to go about it, you know, to, um, I mean, he, he's all oh, this shit ends now kind of shit i'm like well you know it's it's very interesting and he it may be the if it was from a woman's perspective and she was saying that would have no problem with it i just think it's odd that you know that he's taking that stance and in particular towards women brewers uh that owns this company so maybe he could have reached out to them beforehand and be like hey we have this issue right here do you have a i mean i think that's a very valid point um, so yeah, uh, that's, that was the whole genesis of this. Cause I was thinking about it. Well, what's the right way to approach, you know, this subject? Cause it's definitely a heated subject and I wanted to get a female perspective on it because I was sitting here arguing back and forth with a guy from stone who had posted some stupid shit and then, uh, him trying to defend, you know, and he's taking the stand. I think they're doing some good stuff. I think there is some good things that they're doing there, but I just have a issue with maybe the approach that he's taken um uh butterfly farts (laughs) so uh yeah i just thought i'd throw that out there butterfly farts just thought we'd switch things up now uh there's this beer called butterfly farts and alana posted that a particular beer label was funny to her and a certain i i put it here a certain prominent male in the beer community (laughs) which danner jeremy danner who works at boulevard has said that uh, it's okay to say his name on there, that he was the one that... And so um, I was just... My question was going to be, do we want to be in the business of policing ads and deciding what is offensive and what is not? Because obviously, and I've done the research, there's some just terrible beer ads. There, I mean, there's terrible beer labels in general, like... Like I could, I thought about putting some out here and showing you guys, but they're so ridiculous that they don't even need uh, the advertisement. But but beer farts was a weird one because here's the beer farts ad. This is the one that <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see this, but this is the one that Alana and Danner had a disagreement with. And Danner said that, uh, and it's basically 
a butt with uh, butterfly farts coming out of it. However, I'll let you uh, imagine that, or I'll post it when we when we do this. But I stand by by my uh, Janner says, I quote, I stand by my original position that it's inappropriate and unnecessary to use a naked butt, female, male, or ambiguous to market craft beer. And I, this is the one thing that I kind of struggle with because I'm wondering, I'm, I'm kind of a, a free speech advocate and I think that like people's stupidity should speak for itself. So if you have a stupid ad or a stupid beer label, then I would hope the market would decide not to buy that beer. Oddly enough, Beer Farts is their best selling beer. <laughs> this is like his best selling beer right now. So, uh, I don't know. Do you guys think that we should be in the business of policing beer ads? Here's my thing. So Brenner Brewing, the guy, the brewery's now closed. It closed last year in 2017. Um, Before he started his brewery, he owned a gallery. He owned a gallery for seven years. He supported local artists that way. Um, And then when he opened his brewery, he continued to support local artists. He had them do a lot of his labels. Um, The specific artist that did this, um, rendering of butterfly farts. Scully Gustafson is a man. Um, I read an interview from 2016 about this artwork. Um, <laughs> there's a lot. Um, so his partner, <laughs> Eric was, uh, I don't know if they're still together or not, but at this time during the interview, um, he was photographer, the, the guy's partner, um, in male nudity. Uh, Scully also did a lot of paintings of figures modeled after himself. So that is not a woman's ass. Nice. That's what I was arguing. Um, And he also, the reason he used himself as a model for his paintings, because it pushed the boundaries of identity. So um, to me, beer is supposed to be fun and creative and artistic. I mean, if you take away that, what about artists and their paintings or writers and their books, you know, like why can't you have fun with it? Um, if we police labels, another thing you should look at is for example, yellow belly. If you're walking down the aisle and you see the spear with this white paper around it that appears like a KKK hood, and you don't know the background of it, are you going to pick that up? Yeah, and you should explain. I mean, you, can you explain Yellow Belly? Because I don't think everybody – I mean, I know what it was, but I mean – I don't it, think I can. I don't think I can. I mean, I know this, it. Uh, yeah, it's like a beer that's kind of wrapped in a KKK hood, but then it's called Yellow Belly, I guess, to say that like they're coward. cowards. So, I mean, you get like – I mean, still have this – yeah, so it has this weird – double connotation there for folks that may misinterpret that. So, but things can be misinterpreted. Uh, I was joking when I said that this looked like Corey's ass when I said that, but now I'm glad that it's a, it's a male's ass. He's Corey, uh, is usually my co-host, but you know, I don't know where I, uh, because some of the labels are really bad, man. This one's not even bad. There's some really bad. I mean, this one might be considered bad, but yeah. And, and Jennifer, did you have a perspective on this? Oh, I would just say, well, I, that I agree with Jeremy Danner's viewpoint. And I didn't have time to look it up, but the Brewers Association did come out with some guidelines on branding, and you're going to talk about branding. But to me, um, there's some offensive branding out there. Um, And I think if it's not appropriate in the workplace, it's going to offend somebody. So that's that would be my guideline. If it's gonna, if you can't put something in the workplace, why would you brand it like that? Annie, do you have a perspective on that? I think I'm all for supporting artists and all that, but you've got to see it from a consumer perspective. If some rando off the street walks in and they're seeing these labels, they don't know anything about that. They're not going to read the label. They don't know if it's a woman's butt. They don't know if it's a man's butt. All they see is a naked butt, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> You know, or the same thing with, like, you know, anything. Like, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, I've seen some way, 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 way worse ones, including the artwork and the name. But at the end of the day, like, you don't want to, like, exclude any of your consumers. We're not making art. 
our art is the beer. It's the thing in the glass. Like, you should not be trying to sell a beer off of your label. If you can't sell your beer on its own merits and you have to do it by some clever artwork, then I, I don't know. Maybe you just need to rethink your things. Like, I'm not totally against it, but I'm definitely not for it. And uh, Corey and I, when we first talked about this particular subject, we were just kind of noticing how immature beer labels were in general. Like even beyond like sexism and stuff, we're just like, God, man, it's like if you compare uh, beer to wine or, or spirits, it's like, but but then there were, uh, Corey pushed back, was like, well, that's the fun of it. That's the spirit of the creativity of the month, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, but yeah, some of these labels are just like, like juvenile like you don't even want to drink the beer because it's like so soft-minded in the marketing they how good could the beer really be which is you know i'm being judgmental on that but yeah i mean if you have these ridiculous how how good is your process how good are your beers you know like if you're using these really juvenile uh ways to sell your beer and if you guys ever want to go down that rabbit hole you can google um bad beer ads a sexist beer ads and sexist beer labels and you'd be shocked at what you find man and people were sending me some and i was just like wow is this real this is like a real beer this is a real ad there's some really terrible ads man but uh branding and images videos social media does the content foster a misogynist work environment and i mean that's the question is this like is this kind of branding and imagery bleeding into the work environment? Do you think that it does? And uh, for instance, uh, so I'll mention uh, uh, there's uh, if you have a, uh, an environment where they're like using a lot of imagery of of women in the ads, right? Like those old Spuds McKenzie shit, you know what I mean? Like all that. And then all of a sudden, like you're in a, you're in that work environment where all the guys are aware of the advertisements. And this is still super prevalent in, um, big beer, you know? So you go and you'll see, you know, the soccer, the boxing. I mean, it's really just, you know, I mean, I don't even know if they're selling beer or what the hell they're selling, but you know, it's, uh, so does that bleed into the work environment or are they just two totally separate deals? I don't think in my work, um, I mean, I mean, I'm, I, I brand myself and I don't put myself out there like I'm this crazy sex pot or anything like that. Um, and when I'm working with, uh, breweries, like I have been with my calendar, like nothing's sexist and it's all fun. Um, and I don't feel, um, breweries want to work with me because they want a sexy view, I guess, on them. Um, so I don't, for me specific, I don't think so. Right on. You guys have any thoughts on that? or? I mean, I think there was something maybe a decade ago at Anheuser-Busch, the big breweries, where they were, they were, um, pressured not to have that kind of branding because it was offending the women that worked there. But uh, today I'm not sure that that's true. Yeah. And I, um, I find it more like, uh, it's not though that over, um, sexualization, it seems more in, um, uh, like minority driven stuff. Like, and I could say that from my Hispanic point of view that like, I see Corona girls all the time being a soccer fan, being a boxing fan. Uh, it's for some reason that has not leaked into, and it, it's not even considered, you know what I mean? It's like, and so if you go to any, um, liquor store in predominantly minority areas, you will see some sexist ads for sure. More so than you will, you know, at tipsies by my house or whatever, you know what I mean? But you'll go into like, you know, Northeast, KCK, going to any random liquor store in there, you're going to see some, you know, some ring card girls or something up there displaying, you know, holding Coronas or whatever. Or if you were watching any kind of sporting event. But, yeah, it's not as prevalent as it was in American mainstream media as it used to be. But I was just curious about that. But it's definitely still going on. 
um, and big beer is pretty prominent in that. But um, are there uh, is sexual harassment prevalent? From you may you guys know a lot of women maybe in the beer industry that kind of stuff. Uh, tap rooms, uh, this kind of thing it made me think about all those kind of situations where you know there's a lot of men, there's a lot of beer being poured by you know uh, people women in the beer industry. From that perspective, is it prevalent in the beer industry, sexual harassment? Yes. I've had a lot of my fellow beer sisters tell me stories about being sexually assaulted, groped, anything from just a slight tap to as far as rape. And they're actual professional brewers. They, you know, they they do big things. They are involved, and it's just like, it just, people just think that, you know, like, oh, She's had a drink, you know, I can do whatever. Even like, she's like, no, 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 no. Like, there needs to be a bigger professionalism on this. Like, you wouldn't do that to, like, people that you know. It's not like, oh, you know, so-and-so, you know, she's into beer, so I can just, you know, it's, I just don't know that I would have phrased this. Like, I feel like, as a culture, we just need to all be looking out for each other, whether you're male, whether you're female, like, you know, like it happens both, both sides of the table. And a lot of times like males don't want to come forward either. It's not just women, it's both. And it's, you need to be an advocate for everybody and around you because at the end of the day, we're all humans and that's just, you know, we should be a big old happy beer family, but there are, you know, there's always going to be that turd in the punch bowl. There's always going to be something that comes up. Anyone else uh, have anything else to say on that? Well, I don't know that I see it a lot, but my daughter works in the hospitality industry, and I think, you know, just, you know, you're serving beer. It's, yeah, it's in the hospitality industry as well. Yeah, and then we see that being more the trend that, um, you know, Beer places are serving food, so that hospitality industry, um, which has taken a lot of fire recently, be, as it should for you know any number of reasons that you guys just explained. Uh, really, um, I, you know, I think the industrial aspect of beer lends itself to a misogynistic, you know, uh, environment. I just being as a as a guy, I can see that totally happening, you know. But it sucks because um, being that. Beer, like you, we've mentioned that a few times, that you guys have said it, uh, that it should be fun, right? Beer, and that's what I always, that's what was always the mantra of our podcast is like when people would get real highbrow about beer, we'd be like, yeah, but at the end of the day, this shit's supposed to be fun, right? This shit's supposed to be fun. One of the things that I mean, kind of disparaging is when I go to beer festivals and I see like, a, it just dominated by beards and, and, and beer bellies, you know, just a ton of dudes, which is fine. But, you know, just thinking, like, back to my roots as far as, like, how my aunts were. And, I like, like beer's supposed to be fun. It should be not just a dude thing, you know. And, and uh, in the industry itself that's serving a ton of women, you would think that that wouldn't be a thing. But it's definitely a thing. It, and I could totally see that being a thing, especially given the industrial aspects of the business itself, the locations, you know, the, you know, the, the, um, the environment and so forth. So, yeah. So thank you. I appreciate you guys being so candid on that question. Um, are there advantages to being a woman in the beer industry? I, I just kind of recently got a revelation, I guess, but my my business is homebrewing supplies, and it seems that guys are less intimidated about asking for help from a woman. And my employees right now are all women, so I think nice. that's an advantage. They don't feel, yeah, if they were to ask a guy, they'd feel kind of embarrassed about their lack of knowledge. That is a great point because we're talking about mansplaining, and the thing that I was the thing that I was wrestling with on mansplaining is that men mansplain other men. Like you can't, 
I could know shit about your problem, like with gutters. But if you ask me about gutters, I suddenly become an expert on fucking gutters, man. I will tell you everything that is wrong with your gutter system, your approach, blah blah blah. So sometimes guys will be like, "I'm not gonna ask this dude because he will always have an answer, even if he doesn't know shit about it." My friend is gonna have an answer for this. So the mansplaining thing was tough because I'm like, men get mansplained to by men all the time. So, yeah, that's a great example that, like, if I ever wanted to know about brewing, I would not want to ask a dude, man. Because I'm going to just get the rundown on that shit, you know. Even though if he doesn't even know about it, he'll he'll pretend that he knows about it. But a woman won't pretend that she knows about something that she doesn't. I think, I imagine. So I would, or I would just feel more comfortable asking her, like, oh, I'm not going to get the, the, you know. But, yeah, the, my whole thing on Manspan was like, yeah, because uh, I was, talking to my wife about them. I was like, dude, I can't ask my friends about anything. They'd suddenly become an expert on this shit, you know? Like I just did. I just became an expert on that shit. So <laughs> there you go. No, that, that's a great point. Are there any other advantages to being a woman in the beer industry? That's great, by the way. I think that's awesome. I mean, also, sometimes you, you get little that. privileges of uh, being the only woman at a judging table or something. Yeah, I mean... Sometimes they don't pay attention to you, but sometimes they pay way more attention to you because you're the only woman there. Nice. Um, I think right now, just in general in our world and in our country, I mean, the future is female. We're coming up, you know. Men better watch the fuck out. You know, Dude, here we come. So. I love that. <laughs> I have uh, three daughters, and you guys are my hope that, that one of them will one day own their own brewery. And I could just go over there and just like drink all her beers and shit. Be like, hey man, I put in the time. You guys, you guys are right. but I, you know, and I, I hate to mention that because sometimes when I put that, I'm like, I have three daughters because I don't have no sons, but I have three daughters. Like, you can't pull that card, man. You can't be saying anything when I'm trying to say something on it. I'm like, I'm not trying to pull a card. I'm just trying to say, like, I have a vested interest in this shit, too. And I hope the guys that listen to this podcast is mostly guys listen to the Casey Social, I think. I mean, that's been what I've gotten as a response. So I'm glad to have you guys on, but I hope that they listen to this shit too, because I do have a vested interest in, you know, my, and I think the world they're growing up in now is way better than what I read about. And I'm saying still not there, man. There's still a lot of bad shit. You know, there's still a lot of stupid shit, but I get inspired by some of the stuff that I'm seeing. So good. That's a great point. Do you have anything to say on that? Any, any advantages to being a woman in your industry? I feel like sometimes, you know, it's nice to have, like, a woman's perspective. Like, you know, like, hey, what do you think? Like, at the end of the day, like, women are 50% of your market. You don't want to alienate any of them. That's money. You, why would anyone ever just, like, be like, you know what? What if I only market this towards men? Don't you want to make more money? Like, aren't we all in this at the end of the day? Like, as much as we all love beer and brewing and everything, like, it's a business. And you got to look at it from that perspective. Like, you know, if you don't. If you cut off half your market, like, half your paycheck's going to go away. Half your business is going to go away. You might go under. Like, you know, it's like, you just got to see it as, hey, how do I market this to everyone? How does everyone get involved? How do I, how do I get a voice from all the people in the brewery? Like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Like, at the end of the day, it's just like, we're all we're all humans. We all have opinions. So, you know, just, just listen to them and just see what you can do from that. And just, I feel like. It'll, it'll all work out. Just don't annihilate anyone. And I think that's uh, Jeremy Danner's perspective as well. He's like, gosh, you know, we have such a big market, you know, in women. Why are we excluding them from your stupid branding? I mean, that, that was a lot of his point in that. So, you know, uh, is there any final points that you guys have? I've ran through all of my questions. I really appreciate the candid conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it too. Is there any questions that you all have? Anybody in the audience have a particular question for our panel or anything you sh just shoot it out there they'll answer they've, they've answered all my questions so <laughs> no questions but when Annie used to work at Ryman I was never afraid to ask her for an opinion on a beer when, when Annie worked at, at Ryman do you guys have any final thoughts any final things that you would like to say anything you'd like to say i think like 
that at the first, I think things are improving. Um, I think a lot more women are getting into brewing. Pink Boots has grown to be a very large organization with a lot of women brewing around the world. So, yeah, I think things are improving. And they have nothing to do with this podcast. Oh, yeah. Just kidding. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just joking. <laughs> Nonprofits, you know. <laughs> yes, absolutely. You want to come get on this mic real quick? That would probably be the best way. Because I, I was thinking about that. Like, you just come right here. So we have a question from the audience. Yeah, so I'm a mom to young children. And I've noticed now um, the trend in breweries, especially newer breweries, is to make them more kid-friendly, and I really appreciate that, and I'm wondering if you... I know that you're a mom. You said you had a 7-year-old daughter, and I'm curious if you find that to be true as well. Or do you feel like, as a mom, <laughs> as a mom do you get judged because you like beer versus liking wine? I always hear the, t- the, the term mom juice is wine, and so I'm like, I just want to have a beer. And so I feel like sometimes it's, it, I feel like embarrassed by saying that. Like I should be like, I want to have wine is more accepted versus I want to have a good beer. Um, before I felt weird taking my children with me, I have a almost nine-year-old son and then my seven-year-old daughter. And cause I didn't want people to look at me like, Oh, there's, you know, the single mom with her kids and she's having a beer. And I mean, they're good kids. They don't run around and be crazy. Um, but like the breweries I've been taking them to, uh, like for my photo shoots, they have all been so friendly with them and like, you know, most of them, most of the brewers and owners and stuff, they have children and families, so they're just kind of like, hey, this is like at home, so it's totally fine. And, um, like, last Sunday, I was at Strange Days for their shoot, and I took both my kids. My photographer brought both her boys, and then um, Chris Beer had – his wife was there with their baby, you know? So, I mean, it was very kid-friendly. Um, there's still people that are against it, and – I mean, just kind of, I don't know, you know, you're a mom, you got to go out. You can't feel like you can't do that. And I don't, you know, everyone's going to judge everyone kind of thing and just let it roll off your back. Have a good time. Take your kids. I mean, I've brought mine up here too, and they love the little ping pong thing. So just do it. I always use the (laughs) example of like when I go to college with kids who haven't been uh, raised around alcohol. And you see the guy or girl chug the bottle of Jack Daniels straight down. And you're like, you don't know shit about alcohol. You know what I mean? So there's there's the, you know, in in European countries, they don't have the binge drinking problem that Americans seem to have. And I think a lot of that is related towards our taboo, towards drinking in general. And so, yeah, uh, KC Beer Company opening up their beer garden where they have like, it sounds it looks weird to Americans. Very common in Germany. Very common in places where they don't have problems with people uh, dying of alcohol poisoning in college. You know because they don't know. They think that a bottle of Jack Daniels is like a bottle of soda or something like that. They just have no perspective on that. It was a, it was locked in a cabinet or something. So something to think about. I I do. Uh, my kids are curious about beer and I don't shy away from what alcohol is being that it's going to be so prevalent in most of our lives as we grow up. So that's my two cents on that as well. Having kids or whatever. So any other thoughts on kids at the brewery? Uh, I guess I raised my son to be a home brewer, but um, I think the only downside of having kids at the brewery is sometimes parents don't pay attention and they're running around and, for the servers, it's sometimes a problem. And yeah, that's a common. Uh, yeah, people. Before I had kids, I didn't like kids, so <laughs> I was on the butt like, "Damn, why are these kids around here and shit?" And I'm like, "Now my kids are there." I'm like, "Yeah, you guys should accept kids, bro. Come on, man." No, uh, any. You know what? Uh, I, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys, uh, women today. I really appreciate the candid conversation. Like I said before, and uh, if anyone doesn't have any questions, we are out. I'm going to go have some brews right now. Maybe I'll be done with this. No, I'm just kidding. No, but I really appreciate it. This is going to be posted. I have uh, some business cards off the kcsocial.net. When I post this, you guys could hear the full version of it. And uh, just really appreciate it. Thank you, guys.
I appreciate Thank you guys you. coming out too, Thank man. You, Thank everyone. you. And we just turned into a punk. Hey, who's that? Is that you, man? Hey, there's my dude right there. Right on.